Hallelujah. Amen. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Or are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. In this day and age when uh, it's becoming difficult for people to even go to church. It's becoming difficult as if the virus lives in the church building. It's okay to go to the market. It's okay to go to the shops. It's okay to go to every other place. But to come to church is difficult. But we want to pledge our allegiance to the one who was slain. The one who holds us. In him we live. In him we move. And in him we have our being. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I pledge my allegiance to him. I said, I don't know about you, but I pledge my allegiance to him. And this will be the last place I'll stop coming. Hallelujah. I said, it will be the last place I'll stop coming. Because the Lord's house and his name is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it. And they are saved. If there is any place of salvation, if there is any place that you'll be saved, it is the house of the Lord. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said, if there's any place to be safe, it is here. It is in the house of the Lord. Where the name of the Lord is. When Solomon was dedicating the temple, he said, oh, Lord, even if we sin, and you send a plague to the land, and that things become difficult. You send famine. You send difficulty in our land. You send pestilence. You send a pandemic. And we can come or run to this house. And we declare your name and pray in this house. Hear, oh God, from heaven. And heal our land. Hallelujah. That was the prayer that Solomon said to dedicate the temple. And from that day, I believe that the Spirit of God is in the house of the Lord to hear our prayer. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So when we run into the house of God to pray, God will hear us. God will heal our land. God will heal your land. When I say the land, I'm not talking about uh, United Kingdom. I'm not talking about Leeds. I'm talking about your land. You, as a human being, you have your land that needs healing. How many have some lands that need healing? Some of us have some emotions that need healing. Some finances that need healing. There are certain things in our, in our lives that we need, except God comes in. Things will not work well. And so when we come to the house of God, we have the opportunity to lift up our voices and pray. So I will urge you not to be absent from the house of the God. Be absent everywhere else. But the house of God, make sure, like David, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Acts chapter number 6. We're going to read from verses 1 through to 4. Acts chapter 6. We are reading verses 1 through to 4. The Bible said, Now in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplying, there arose the complaints against the Hebrews by the Hellenites because their widows were neglected in the, in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned and the multitude of disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and save the rules. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you men of God, of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to the prayer and the ministry of the word. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. We started talking about resetting our focus. Resetting our focus. In 2021, we setting our focus on God. We are resetting our focus because life as it is, will throw us curveballs. Life as it is will bring challenges. Life as it is will bring distractions. Life as it is will bring things that would, would take our focus from God. You know, I, I was looking at the definition of focus. And it says that focus is the center of interest or activities. Focus is the center of interest or activity. Which means that it's the core 
Are you with me? It doesn't matter how many minutes you play football. The focus of football is to score goals. So if you're a good footballer, <clears throat> if you're a good footballer, you can dribble and dribble even your own players. And you dribble from one pole to the other pole and back. And you don't score a goal, you have missed the focus. Am I making sense? You have missed the point of the whole game. The point of the whole game is not just to be busy around the, the center circle, behind the center circle, outside the center circle, on the center circle. It doesn't mean anything. Your skill don't mean anything if you don't. You see, when, when I don't know whether you've seen African footballers play. When I say African footballers, I don't mean those the refined ones. The, 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 I, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the African footballers who put their knee on the ball, who step on the ball, who put their bum on the ball, they put their head on the ball because they want fans from the crowd. You understand? Because their skills that they are doing is giving them adulations and that is more important than going to score a goal. I watched the game. My team was playing. Another team. You ask me what, who, which team is your team? My team is called Jomos Cosmos. Now, Jomos Cosmos was playing another team, Mamelo de Sundowns. And <laughs> it's only Rosetta who knows the names of the football teams I'm talking about. The rest of you are looking, what? <laughs> and Listen, we had been scored 4-0. We we're down by 4-0. Cosmos City, we we're down. And then this guy was brought into the game. And when he came into the game, we were already down by 4-0. He took the ball to the flank. Then he was putting his knees on the ball. Whilst we are down. And so the, the defender stopped and was looking at him as he was putting his legs and putting his knees and putting his head and trying to do all the skills like, are you serious? So the guy just stopped and was looking at him. And then the people were giving him fans. So that is why our football don't go anywhere. Because we miss the focus. You see, I, I'm using something silly for us to understand that it doesn't matter what we do. If the main focus is out, everything we do is cost 90. You're going back and forth, being busy, doing everything. If the main focus of your being is the main interest, the main activity is taken away, the rest don't mean anything. If I bring another example of, of uh, people you know and I know who went to school, and in the school, they were the ones who always, always be the butt of the jokes. They will be the class clown. They will be the one who disrupts the, the class. They will be the one who is always engaging the teacher in unnecessary uh, arguments. You know, you see all those people. And it, it looks like they were the top dogs. They were the people that everybody feared. The people, the playground bullies. But in the exam room, they were like mice. They became very small when it was time to write an exam. And when the results came, they had moved from mice to insects. They were not giants anymore. Why? Because they had the main focus of activity, of, of being in school, is not to be a bully in the playground. It's not to be somebody who is always challenging the teachers and being distracted. But it's to be somebody who comes to learn and pass your exam. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? So it is the main thing that we need to worry about. And you see, this story we just read. The church had started and was doing well. Everybody was joining the church. And people were becoming saved. And so many activities was going on. You know, anytime success breeds a lot of distractions. 
when you become successful, other things come. There's a scripture. I think it's uh, uh, Ecclesiastes 5.11. Give me Ecclesiastes 5.11. There's a scripture that says that when goods are increased, they increase who eats them. So what profit have the owners except to see with them with their eyes? When goods are increased, the, the things that eat the, the goods become a lot. So you see, now the church has grown. And now members have joined. And the members have needs. Their needs is food. They have to provide food. And they are now providing food. But you see, in the provision of food, there was, there was, there was nepotism. There was cronism. They were family and friends. So, so the, the people started, the Hellenist Knights started complaining that, listen, the Jews are discriminating, not, set, not giving them a lot, a lot of food. You know, every ministry will come to that crossroad where you have to make a decision what's important. Every human being will come to the crossroads in your life where you have to decide what is important, what is necessary, and what is important. Everybody in, in this, from 2020 to now, has come to the place where we need to make a decision as to what's important. We realize that majority of our businesses were not important. How many have realized that? Because from March, when we were locked down, we realized that the most important thing is not the busy going up and down, busy going up and down. You would have thought that the way we are so busy, some of us, we are, we, we are so busy in life that you would think that from, 20, uh, from March last year, when we were locked down, the life of every human being will cease. The economy will cease. The country will cease. But guess what? The economy went on. The country went on. They said that everybody whose job is not necessary sits at home. Only essential workers are allowed. Key workers are allowed. So I ask you, is your job an essential job? Are you a key worker? Or you are just a busybody? <laughs> because the economy survived without your busyness. Hallelujah. It's to tell us that we need to focus on what is important. Not what looks important. Not what feels important. Not what makes people give us fans from the stands. Like this footballer who already is down by four goals and is trying to show skills. At the wing, the corner flag, not near the goal pole. Where his skills don't mean anything. <laughs> How many understand what I'm trying to say? You know, let me give you the, I'm giving you the definition of focus. Focus will help you become more productive at your work. How many realize that our marriages, if you are married, from March when we were locked down and you are staying at home, and focus was placed on your relationship or your marriage by force. It brought some cracks. It brought some, some places that you need to work on that you had put off for a very long time. How many know what I'm talking about? If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm sure that you also have relationships with some people that you realize are not necessary. <laughs> I think I'm preaching more than you're amening. You, you just realize that there's some unnecessary uh, fraternization you have. That by, by the lockdown, you realize that this is not necessary. It's not bringing productivity into my life. It says that if you focus, it will help you to bring attention towards a particular task. 
as a primary object. Hallelujah. I mean, I'll give him, I'll give, use myself as an example. I've been meaning to finish writing five books. And these five books, I started writing them about four years ago. And every time I make myself so busy that I only sit for like a few minutes in a week to write something and then I'll, I'm gone. But when the lockdown came and I was forced to sit at home, I decided, no, let me start writing. And before I realized, I had finished two books writing because their particular task, all the distractions were taken away and the particular task was left to do. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I think I've, I've almost finished three of, of the five. Because when the unnecessary things are removed, you can focus on what's important. Am I making sense? Yeah. Focus is important in your life to, in order to become highly productive at work and to get the work done efficiently. If you want your marriage, your home, we'll come to that. But if you want your marriage to work, focus on it. Stop commenting and criticizing your marriage. Stop commenting and criticizing your finances. Stop commenting and criticizing as if the, the finances has done something wrong. The last time I, I, I did computer science, he said that garbage in I didn't say it. You said it. So, like Pastor Sam was saying, when you are lazy about something, you are destroying the thing. You know, being focused makes, takes away laziness away. Because what makes us lazy is distraction. Like social media. Social media makes us lazy by making us busy. <laughs> you didn't get it. You can, you can tweet that. Social media makes us lazy by being what? By making us busy. Being busy for nothing. Busy browsing. Busy scrolling. Busy reading and watching. And commenting on things that don't matter. Hallelujah. So the question is, when do we need to focus? When do we need to focus? Number one, we need to focus when we recognize that our eyes have encountered a problem and not the solution. I don't know whether you understood that, that um, point. But let me explain it. When your eyes move away from the solution to the problem, then you need to refocus. The church was growing. And as the church was growing, it got to the point that there's criticism from inside and undoubtedly there's criticism from outside because the outsiders are criticizing that these people are not treating their Hellenists well. There's discrimination in the church. Church members are crying that there's discrimination and then outsiders are crying that the church is, which is supposed to be an, uh, uh, the best place for uh, equity is not, do, sh they become hypocrites. They are doing the wrong thing. Oh, please. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Was it two days ago, three days ago, we were watching the riots in America. When they were breaking the capital, they were entering the building. Then we saw one person with a placard saying, Jesus saves. As they were breaking to enter. Then we saw another one saying, Salvation 2021. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
they have lost their focus. <laughs> I don't know why you spot my message. Let's go on. When you find out that your eyes are on the problem, how many know that 2020, 2021, our eyes have gone to the problem rather than the solution? Only yesterday or the day before, the mayor of London has written a letter to the prime minister saying that he has to immediately close all churches. To close all churches. Because of the pandemic. And you see, the reason why this time around the churches have not been closed is because they realized that when they closed churches last year from March, alcoholism increased. Mental uh, illness went up. They realized that domestic violence went up they realized that depression went up. You see, sometimes we see the church is empty. People don't go to the church. It looks like the church is not relevant. But the church of God is the only institution mandated by God to make a difference in the lives of humanity. Hallelujah. You missed a good place to, sh- to put your hands together. Yeah. The church of God is the only institution and the government have realized that. So they decided that they will close everywhere, but they will leave the churches open. Because even though it's a risk, but it's a risk worth taking. Because the focus that they bring is helping some groups of people. So the two places they never wanted to touch is the church and the school. Because they realized for the kids, the school is a place that resets their focus. Hallelujah. When the kids are at home and the church is closed, domestic violence goes up. Alcoholism goes up. Child abuse goes up. Uh, siblings abuse, fighting among siblings also goes up. Because you are kept in a confined space and you have a lot of energy. And know where to expend the energy. <laughs> so you, you take it on, on, on each other. The brothers and sisters start to. <laughs> Listen, go to the back. <laughs> you are trying to spoil my message today. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so they, they, these guys came to that spot. Where we are all at that place, or we are all coming to that place where we need to change our focus. We are all getting to a place where our focus is being, you know, distracted. Where people criticism, fear of the virus, fear of death. You are hearing, I mean, within the last four days, I've heard close people die. Close people. Within the last four days, I mean, my, my friend, my friend, uh, a, a bishop who preaches here all the time, 31st, when he was about to mount the pulpit to go and preach, he got the news that his sister, that who he spends every Christmas with, has just died in London. He lives on one side of London. The sister lives on one side of London. Every year they spend Christmas together. But this year, and they spoke, he, she was fine. There was no problem. Christmas Day, she was okay. She was well. Boxing Day, she was okay. She was well. The daughter went to work on the 27th and came back home complaining that she wasn't feeling too well. So the mother was nursing the daughter. 28, 29, 30th, she started feeling unwell, the, the sister. 31st, she died. 55 year old. She's not ill. She's not. I think when I came in uh, 31st, we started, our sister called, called and said that, Pastor, can you come outside? I came, went outside. I said, my uncle that raised me has just been 
put in a hospital. So we prayed. And then I, we came for church. The next day, was the next day or the two days later, she calls, sends me a text. Pastor, my uncle has just died. This is a, this is a doctor that looks after people. The next day, was the next day, I mean, I was just trying to process all this. I just got a text that one of my former church members, who is a, a doctor, whose house I was living in, in South Africa, just died like that. You know, all these things, they bring, they bring, all from COVID-19, they, they change your focus. They make you afraid. They make you begin to see things in a certain way. Are you understand what I'm saying? That, that if you don't take care, like this uh, Hellenites who are criticizing the um, apostles, that we need food, we need food, we need food. He's saying that we need, we need security, we need security, we need security. We need life. As if when you hide under your bed, you won't catch the virus. There are people who have stayed at home and not gone anywhere, but caught the virus. And they, are, they don't know where it came from. Hallelujah. Yeah, recently in America, they, somebody who has never traveled, who has never gone anywhere near an airport, has caught the uh, uh, London version of the... In, in America, in some remote place, Idaho or some place like that. And they were confused. They don't even know where, what connection brought this particular strain of the COVID. Hallelujah. Somebody has WhatsApp the virus. I don't know. <laughs> Amen. And so, when they, the rubber met the road, these guys said, no, 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 no. Brethren, it is not right for us to leave prayer and the word and go serve tables. It is not right for us to become so fright, uh, afraid of this disease that we leave the house of God. It is not right for us to stop praying in our homes. It's not right for us to, to stop our relationship with God because of COVID, because of fear, because of, of, of the job that you have lost, because you are broke. No. It's rather time for us to focus more on God. So they said that, listen, we will not leave the main thing and go and distribute bread. So find people of good reputation, and let us put them in charge of this bread distribution. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the reading of the word of God. We will focus on what is important. Amen. We will not check in our relationship with God. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? It's time for us to focus on God. You know, another, another thing that will make you need to focus sometimes is when you become successful. Because when you become successful, like I was saying, when goods increase, the things that come to distract you increase. Now clothes become important things. So you start to go shopping every day. How many know what I'm talking about? Before you had one. And that one was okay. There was no problem. When they call, they say funeral, you put on your jeans. They say church, you put on your jeans. They say we're going to football, you put on your jeans. Wash and wear. I used to have two suits. One was green. One was blue. So anytime they say church, I go. Today is green. The next day, when you say church, it's blue. I think you bought me a brown one later. <laughs> later, she bought me a brown one. So I had three. But I started with two. The shoe was one. The shoe was black. And I had one white shirt, one blue shirt. One white shirt, one blue shirt. So if I don't wear blue, I'll wear white. There was no problem. 
And now you can stand in front of your wardrobe and wonder, what am I wearing? What am I wearing? What am I wearing? So look at somebody. Before two minutes, I'm done. Because <laughs> it's like when your hand goes in, you don't even have to look. Whichever one will come will, will work. Hallelujah. Success has a way of distracting. Remember the story we talked about when uh, uh, Peter walked on water. How many remember? We talked about it. When Peter walked on water, just imagine that there are um, uh, 11 disciples with Peter on a boat. And they see Jesus on the, on the, on the water. And immediately he says that Jesus, if it is you, bid me to come. And Jesus says, it is me, come. So he jumps out of the boat and walks a few steps. The only human being apart from Jesus who has walked on water. He walked a few steps. How many would say he's successful? He's successful. You would have thought that you have taken a few steps, Peter, out of this boat. Why are you now distracted? Why are you now sinking? See, when we become successful, fear increases at the same time as pride. And those two things can all, all, both cause us to fall. Pride always causes us to fall because how many will know that if, if you are Peter, you feel very powerful. You, it's like you have taken a few steps and look at this, this, this cowards. This faithless generation of disciples sitting in the boats and you have taken a few steps. So you become somebody that becomes proud that you have more faith than the rest. At the same time, because you have gone into the deep, Fear increases. You know, the more your, your, your marriage, you, none of your people in your family is married, and you are the only person who is married, and your marriage looks successful. As time goes on, you become, you become afraid that people are jealous. You think that people are planning something. You think that the uh, what, witches and the wizards in your mother's house are coming to get you. How many know what I'm talking about? Even when it's not there, you, can, you start imagining. The Bible says, and Peter saw the wind contrary. How do you see the wind? See, fear makes you see things that are not there. Fear of COVID-19 is making us see things that is not there. And because of that, we take some irrational decisions. How many understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. There are some people in this church who have decided not to come to church. Not because they, are not they stop being members of this church. But because of the false evidence appearing real, which is fear, they decided that we will not come. We will come later. Or we will, do, we will join the submarine department of the church. <laughs> or the online department of the church. But how many will agree that online is not the same as being in here? How many will agree? Online can never be the same as being here. There's a certain anointing and unction in this place that you can never find online. Hallelujah. Because in the online, you get distracted. As you are watching, there's somebody, something comes, then you scroll away, then you scroll back, and then scroll away, then scroll back. Then you go and get your tea, come back, go and get your bread, come back, go and get your donuts, come back, you go and... <laughs> Hallelujah. When we, are, we come under attack from the outside world or from people inside, when we come under attack, we lose focus. How many know that when you are being, you are being criticized by close friends, maybe your spouse, you are criticized by your husband or your wife all the time, it makes you lose focus. You lose your self-confidence. Your, your, your um, uh, boyfriend or girlfriend is always criticizing you. It takes, it takes, it steals away your confidence. If you have a boyfriend who is always criticizing, leave him. If you have a girlfriend who is always criticizing, leave her. Because it's not good. There are danger signs. It's in the book. You can look, you can get it after church. 
Are you getting it? When anybody makes you feel insecure all the time, it's not a good thing. Stay away from people that makes you feel that you cannot do anything good. How many know what I'm talking about? Say you cannot do anything good. <laughs> Can anything good come out of you? But we know you. We remember you. You know, I, I come from a family of good teased. Is that the word teasers or tease? Good people who know how to tease. My family people know how to tease. And if you are not careful, you won't be able to do anything with your life. Because you, you are not supposed to make, if you make a mistake, you get a name. And that's from my father down to the last person who is me. You make a mistake, you get a name right now. We are born like that. The family is like that. And so if you don't take care, you become, you will lack self-confidence. Because everybody has a name, and the name is not a good name. Do you understand? It's supposed to bring you down. I don't know why it's in my family like that, but that's how they are. So it will take something more than just the normal thing. It will take you focusing to come out of that bondage. Because it, it looks like a joke, but it's a bondage. Do, do, do you get it? It looks like, it sounds like oh, we are joking, but it's not a joke. It is something that is designed to keep you past a certain level. So you see that in my family, a lot of, not a lot of people have gone beyond a certain level. And anybody who has gone beyond a certain level in my family is somebody who is close to God and has stayed focused on God. Anybody who is not, who is not focused with God, don't make it. I don't know if it's the same for your family. Hallelujah. So this year, we said this year, you must start this year being focused on God. How many wrote that down last week? Be focused on God this year. Start your day with God. End your day with God. In the middle of the day, think about God. When Joshua was going to lead the land, God said to Joshua, let this book of the Lord not depart out of your mouth, but meditate on it day and night. For in it, it will make your way prosperous and bring you good success. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. So this year, we need to focus. In John chapter 15, verse 5, I was like, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me, the same best much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Let us realize that without God, we can do nothing this year. Hallelujah. Without God, you cannot marry this year. Without God, you cannot have that job. Without God, you cannot have that, that uh, baby. You need God. Somebody say, I need God. Somebody say it like you mean, I need God. To get that contract, I need God. I need his intervention. Amen. And we talked about the second one, do not concentrate on the monster. Remember that? Don't concentrate on the monster. The monster that brings fear. The monster that is there to stop you from progressing. Don't concentrate on him. Do not allow COVID-19 or any other thing to make you not do what you are supposed to do. The, the Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. Is it Isaiah 54, 17? 14. Isaiah 40, 31. Okay. Put, put a scripture. He said, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How many know that eagles don't fly unless there's a storm? I preached on, on eagles. How many were here when we talked about the eagles? I think one day we'll talk about the eagles again. Eagles don't fly when there's a calm breeze. Do you know why? 
because eagles need the storm. Because their wings are so heavy, eagles don't, fla- don't flap. Most birds flap. Eagles don't flap. Eagles soar. Eagles glide. And for the eagle to glide, the eagle needs the storm. Are you with me? Are you an eagle Christian or are you a robbing Christian? There's a bird called robbing. How many know the robin? The small birds. They, even the, the smallest gale, as soon as the gale comes, they go and hide. Because they'll be blown away. Yeah. But for the eagle, when they see the storm, they take advantage. You know, Pastor Sam was saying that next week is invitation Sunday. It's an eagle mentality. To say that even though there's a storm, let us fly. Why? Because when the storm is there, the competition is reduced. When the storm comes, all other birds go to hide. They go into survival mode. So if you can become an eagle Christian, if you can become an eagle church, you are the one that will get the raw meat. Because eagles don't eat dead meat. Eagles like live meat. Eagles like to kill their meat when it's alive and they eat it as you know when, when, when an animal dies the, the blood becomes uh, what's the word give me the word the science people it, that it's like it sleeps the blood sleeps there's a scientific just for medical term it's atrophy or something like that is that is uh, you see this guy is pretending that he's not he heard what I'm saying. <laughs> Prince is pre- pretending as if he hasn't heard what I'm saying. It comes what stagnant. Yes, yeah, stagnant is it, I think it's called atrophy or something. But the eagle doesn't like the blood that is that's sleeping. You know when you put fat there in a cold place, you put oil, it becomes sleepy. That's the same thing that happens with the blood when the person dies. It becomes, it's as if it's just asleep. It's not flowing. You know when you cut your skin, the way it flows. Yeah, when a dead person's skin is cut, it doesn't flow the same way because the person's blood is. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the eagle likes the blood oozing. So they only want to kill when the animal is alive. And the way to do it is to come at a time when the competition is less. Are you getting what I'm saying? So in the storm, the competition disappears. That is the time for the eagle bird to rise up and take its place. And I'm telling you, as a Christian, if you're going to be an eagle Christian, this is the time for you to invite more people to church. This is the time for you to to talk about Jesus to your friends. Because they are afraid. Nobody wants to die. How many know that death is more real than it's ever been? So this is the time. And the Bible says, and they run and they are not tired. Remember we said that looking unto the altar, Jesus, the altar and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was said before did not by endure the, 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 the cross, so that you do not get weary, so that you don't get tired. The eagle, if the eagle flaps about Ten times the eagle will be tired and drop like a stone. So the eagle only flaps about four or five times to lift itself up and then use the wind. So the eagle is like the plane. It uses aerodynamics to fly. Hallelujah. How many understand? How many want to learn about the eagle? We'll talk about the eagle. The eagle makes love in the middle of the storm. In the air. The eagle never makes love on the ground. 
That's another day. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Hallelujah. The next one. We talked about it already. Identify what distracts you. Identify your distractors and do something about it. Now, number four. Did we go talk about number four? Okay. Number four. Write down. Write down your vision. Hallelujah. How many have a vision this year? Write it down. Do you know why you need to write it down? Because if you don't write it down, you'll be distracted and not fulfill it. Anything you write down and you are very focused on, you will achieve. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm not here feeling you at all. I say write it down. Write, somebody say, I'll write it down. Habakkuk 2, verse number 2 and 3. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he who reads, he, he, who, run, he who may run who reads it, that the one who reads will be able to run. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come and it will not tarry. Hallelujah. He says that you will be able to run when you see and read the vision. I want to have 200 members in my church. Write it down. Don't say, oh, we are doing church this year. What is your vision for the church? What do you want to see in the church? I want to raise 10 pastors. Write it down. Hallelujah. I want to buy a house this year. Write it down. Don't just, oh, if it, oh, oh, if it works. Oh, you, know, if, you know, it will not work. I was talking to a, a bishop friend of mine, and when, when, I wrote, when we published this book, and he said, oh, you know, me too, I'm thinking about writing a book, oh, but, you know, I don't think that is the right time because of the pandemic. If you write a book, I don't think people will buy. I don't think uh, we'll be able to launch it, you know. I said, brother, write it. Publish it. Because even if nobody buys it, even if nobody buys it, it is one vision that has been accomplished. And the book outlives you. How many know what I'm talking about? It doesn't matter how powerful a preacher you are. The book will live longer than you. So that message that may not be read today. There are some people who only became popular, their books became popular after they died. Nobody read their book. When they were alive. But as soon as they died, people, because somebody needs to discover one thing from you to be interested in everything you have said. This is one thing they need. They hear one thing from you, then they'll go looking for your books. Because if this, is, this gem has come from you, then there may be other gems that have come from you that we haven't heard. So let me go and investigate. That is when they start reading your books. So your book is not for the day you launch it for people to buy. It is a monument. Somebody say monument. You see, life, make sure you live a life that leaves a legacy, a monument. So if you die today, what can we say about you? What are we going to say about you? What are you leaving behind? That's why you, everybody in this room under the sound of my voice must have a house that you own. Because the house you own is a piece of the earth that bears your name. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. It's the piece of the earth that bears your name. It, it leaves a footprint to say that you were here some. I don't know whether you, you know what I'm talking about. That, where I come from, you know when you go to school, a certain type of school, and you are leaving, you write your name. I was here some. And you put your name there and you sign it. Because it's a legacy. How can you prove that you were here? 
So, and those pastors, the way they don't paint regularly. So sometimes I will see that the school I went to, there's a basement. And inside the basement, there's a music room. So that's where I used to hang out. And in the music room, the ceiling is very low. And when I say low, it's like high, but it's low. And on that ceiling, there's a footprint, like a shoe footprint on the ceiling. And they've written on the ceiling, kicking fiercely was here. There's a guy who used to be a taekwondo expert called Kicking Fiercely. And Kicking Fiercely one day jumped and kicked the ceiling. And if you you know, I think Alfred will be the only person who knows. This is the music room under the classroom block in the quadrangle. You know that place. The ceiling is not low. It's low, but it's not low. So for the person to have jumped, to kick, it was an achievement. And then he has has written, kicking fiercely was here. And kicking fiercely went to the school in 78. He graduated. But... The last time I went there, I, I went to see they had painted it. But you see, for a very long time, Kicking Fiercely's footprint was there. Even if you never met him, you know his name. And you know that once upon a time, he came to this room. Hallelujah. You must have a place that you have a room. Something you did. You created something that outlives you. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. So write it down and make sure that you achieve it this year. That's why we took envelopes last week to say that any of us that want to have own our own homes, we are using the envelopes and the money we are putting in the envelopes to write it on tablets. Make a covenant with it. Today, we are also going to make another covenant. Anybody wants to get married this year? I say, anybody wants to get married this year? Take an envelope. Write the tablet. This year is my year to get married. Not next year. Not the next. Covered or no covered, I'm getting married. Hallelujah. Oh, how many are inside that? that group. And don't be shy. Oh. I said, do not be shy. You know, there are some people who say, I don't want to lift my hand just in case it doesn't happen. See, your faith is, is questionable. <laughs> Hallelujah. So write it down. Number, what number amount? It's very economical to get married this year because you don't invite a lot of friends. You can marry on Zoom. Yeah. Your friends will watch it on Zoom. And they drink their own drink. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. If you are close to me, I'll tell you, when you want to get married, the most, where you have to spend the most money is not on your wedding. It's on your honeymoon. Because the honeymoon is yours. The wedding, you pay for people to come and eat. And they will not even remember your, your wedding. So don't worry about them. They are just, they will just come and look and criticize. So leave them. Yes. <laughs> and do it on Zoom. And use all the money to go on honeymoon. Hallelujah. After you have written it, number six, is it? Say it aloud. Say it loud. Don't just write it and hide it under a book somewhere. But keep saying it until you believe it. I say keep saying it. Keep saying it. 
Keep talking about it. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 to 24. The Bible says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, Whoever will say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says, it will be done. He will have whatever he does what? Is it whatever he prays for? Is it whatever he has written in the book? But what? Whatever he says. So it's important to say. Yeah, say it. This year I'm going to get married. This year I'm going to get married. This year I'm going to get married. Yeah. I told you about my church member who said, I'm going to get married. And went ahead and bought her wedding gown. The, no man had said anything to her. But she went to the shop and bought the wedding gown. I think I was the only one that she told that, Pastor, I've bought the gown. There was not a man. There was no man in the pipeline. She bought the gown. Within nine months, she wore the same gown and came and stood in front of the church and we blessed the marriage. Yeah. Say it. Believe it. Have faith. You will have whatever you say, not what you are thinking. A lot of us, we are too afraid of being laughed at. Do you know that faith is only for, reserved for people who do, are not afraid to be laughed at? Those who are afraid of being laughed at or being criticized don't do certain things. Are you with me? They walk in a safe zone. Let me sit in the boat. It's, most, it's safer here. But the Peters who are not afraid to make mistakes, they are not afraid to be laughed at or criticized, they walk in the water. Even if I'm drowning, at least I took a few steps. Hallelujah. Say it. Somebody say, I will say it. Oh, say like you know, I will say it. And do not just say it. Begin to take steps towards it. You know that house that you are saying, don't be somebody who just took an envelope and put a few pounds in and that was it. No, start going to look for houses. When you go to the place, that the, 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 the estate agent, behave as if you have the money in your, in your pocket. And let them show you the buildings. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And when you walk in, ask questions like somebody who has money in the, in the pocket. Yeah. When we came to this church, when we came to this building to buy it, the size of the congregation would be half of the people here. That was the size of the church we had. We came here and we sat in this corner with the owners of the building. Okay, so if I add it to it, oh, do you have the money? I said, yes, we have it. Are you going to do mortgage? No, 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 we are buying it, cash. We have the money. No, we didn't even have 1,000 pounds in our account. Because when you say, Bible says that through wisdom is a house built. And with understanding, is it filled with goodly things? Didn't say that we're by money. Are you understand what I'm saying? So you have to take a step. The journey of a thousand miles begins with what? A step. So take the step. Start asking questions. Start going to places. Start talking to people. You want to start a business? Start it. Are you with me? You want to get a job? Start the job. Dress every morning like you have a job. And go to where the people who have the job are. <clears throat> amen. Oh, I say amen. amen. Yeah. Don't sit at home and say, oh, I'm sending CVs. Those who sit at home and send CVs, they don't get anything. You, know, you are not hearing what I'm saying. No. Wear your clothes like you are going to work. And go. Sometimes go and tell the work, I'm going to work today for free. Go there and say, I'm going to work today. I want to work for you for free. And work. It's not about pay. As you start working, before you realize you have the job. Amen. Let me give you one last one for today. Are you okay? Number, what number are we on? 
Number seven, work focused on good things. Focus on good things. How many know that bad news takes than good news? Philippians 4 verse 8 says that whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are of good reports. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Listen. Every news you hear this year, last year, this year, is focusing on bad news. But do you know that within the bad news, there are also good news? And scripture is telling us that let us focus on the good news. Do you know that people bought houses last year? Do you know that people had weddings last year? Do you know that people had babies last year? Do you know people started businesses last year? And do you know that people did well last year? So why don't you focus on those things? Why are you looking on the things that didn't work instead of the things that worked? I challenge you, this year, focus on the right things. Stand to your feet.